We're back in the new year on the Let's Go Eat Show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, and uh, pleased to uh, welcome you to uh, this podcast. Uh, we kick off the new year in, in interviewing um, Princess Kennedy. Uh, Princess Kennedy is a tranny. Um, she writes a uh, column for Slug Magazine. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what it's like to be a tranny, a transsexual, a trans-identified person, I think she says. Well, you'll hear it all in the interview on the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, we want to thank uh, Casey Staker, uh, the um, owner of Zest, the restaurant and bar that we uh, uh, did the interview in. Had a great time there. Uh, and uh, I forgot to ask Princess Kennedy one question in this interview. I, and I, you know, I meant to ask her. So, as a tranny, which bathroom do you use? Uh, do you use the men's bathroom because you are a man? Or because you're, I, most a lot of people looking at you would not know that you are a man. So do you use the women's bathroom? And uh, the question I I should have asked was actually answered for me. I was in the men's room, and I came out of the men's room and said, "Where's Princess?" And uh, my son Dylan said, "She's in the bathroom." Well, she wasn't in the men's room with me, so she. I now know she uses the ladies' room. Uh, so join us for the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, thanks to Dylan Allred for producing the show. And uh, as always, make mine a double. I mean, if you're pouring the drinks. The first Let's Go Eat show of the new year, 2013. And I'm sitting across from... I was a little nervous when I came to sit down and interview Princess Kennedy because, frankly, I, I had not... I, had, I, th I think I'd read a couple of things in Slug Magazine, but I didn't know, I wasn't, and so I looked up some stuff online, and um, I saw some photographs of you, and um, I said to myself, this is really a hot looking <laughs> person. Why, thank you. Yeah, well, you're quite welcome, uh, and, I, uh, and it's always kind of odd for me, as a heterosexual man, to to look at a picture of a uh, um, um, a uh, biological male, a biological male who who dresses as a woman, and is and you are a transsexual. I'm tra I'm trans identified. Trans identified. Yeah, trans identified. And it's always quite odd for me to look at a at a picture of someone who I know to be a man, and yet really looks like a very attractive woman. <laughs> you know, it's 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 it makes me a little nervous. I built a career on it. Yeah, of making, making people nervous. <laughs> making making people nervous. Yes, especially heterosexual straight men. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> and you're doing a great job. Okay. Uh, it, Princess Kennedy is our guest on the Let's Go Eat show. We're recording this episode at Zest, which is a relatively new uh restaurant in Salt Lake. It's 275 South, 2nd West. It's uh, kind of around the corner from P.F. Chang's. Uh, there have been other things here. There was a really kind of an interesting hamburger place here. Acme Burger. Acme Burger, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so it's that space. It's a new restaurant, Zest, and we'll talk more about what Zest is all about. and But let me ask you, Princess, uh, do, I, uh, do I refer to you as Princess? Well, people call me Princess, PK, or Kennedy. So okay. I'll let you form I'll let you form that relationship with yourself. All right, because I'm kind of go. I kind of like Princess. A lot of people point. do. Um, <laughs> I don't know exactly how this interview came about. I'm not sure why I'm interviewing you on the Let's Go Eat show. It's because I'm a shameless self-promoter. 
<laughs> um, I write for Sog Magazine, right. which you had already mentioned, and um, uh, we are actually doing a whole issue on podcasts. And so they came to me, actually, and said, hey, we have a really great idea. We think that this could be a really cool interview between the two of you. Uh, people that come from similar... I guess backgrounds or worlds, but completely opposite mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, and, uh, and at the same time, not that I'm interviewing you, but I'm going to be using this interview for my article to see and to see what it's like being, you, you must've been on podcasts before. I have been on podcast slug actually has a podcast and, yeah, I, and sure. I've gone in and done a couple of guest spots for that, but podcasts are relatively new to me myself. Are you doing one of your own? I, that, you know, that remains to be seen. This wow. is uh, Casey. Just brought brought some food over here uh, from Zeth. What are these, Casey? And you can just uh, you can go right over there if you want and uh, speak into the microphone. Uh, Casey, what you, are you the owner? What do you do here? Yeah. Yeah. The owner. Yeah. Right. You got to get very close to it. Yeah. Casey is the owner of <laughs> Zest. And what are these you brought over to the table? This is a cucumber with uh, cashew cheese, which is something that is talked about from this restaurant. I've heard. Yeah. About one of our friends, cheese. Lorraine, um, is one of the originators of the cheese her and i uh kind of collaborated on this and came up with this nice chive cashew cheese and it's um creamy deliciousness made out of cashews Cashew there's no cheese. dairy cashew cheese. Nope. now it's the entire meal that we'll be having today is it vegan yes oh that's awesome so one of the things i mm. found zest because casey used to own w lounge which was down the street yeah. and a very successful nightclub and i kept getting these stories about casey Closing W and going bigger. And I was like, what What do you mean, bigger? And uh, then I found out that he was going to be doing an all-encompassing restaurant, nightclub. Because, I mean, let's face it, anybody could do a, a nightclub, but to throw the restaurant element in it and make it successful... I think it's really something that should be encouraged and um, applauded. So I really hope this venture works out well. Uh, and, and so far it is. Uh, we're going to be, fabulous. we'll actually be talking with Casey. We'll do an episode uh, after we're done recording this. Nice. Uh, we'll do an episode with Casey and we'll talk all about zest and cool. what it is. Right now we'll just sample the food and thank, keep it. it, just keep it coming, Casey, and uh, great. Um, so so uh, you're a, a shameless self-promoter. <laughs> self-promoter. Uh, people, now, uh, by the way, is it is it, it's, it's proper to refer to you as a tranny, is that correct? Yeah, well, that yeah, that's what I call myself. I wouldn't say that you could call all people, all trans-identified people, which is a really broad spectrum. There's everything from drag queens, which I am not, mm-hmm. to um, transsexuals to trans-identified. And just to let let you fill you in on who Princess Kennedy is, I um, have always identified female. Mm-hmm. I've dressed female twenty four seven for more than half of my life, and um, but I don't feel like I need to have any surgery. That's something that's it was it was something that people felt like they had to do in the 70s, 80s, even in the 90s. But as it got closer to the millennium, people started identifying more as like, you know, I don't have to alter myself with surgery. So, so like it, used to, it used to be the feeling, well, if you're going to do it, you should commit. You should commit. You should, you should really all, commit. Yeah, you should go all the way. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I met people that have done it who ended up being extremely unhappy afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with my body. I don't want to lose anything. You know, I don't really want or to gain, gain anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, I think how hot I would look with a giant pair of tits and a dress, but <laughs> do, who do, doesn't? <laughs> now, you know, uh, what uh, princess is wearing uh, today, wearing, uh, wearing a low-cut um, 
uh, I don't know. What would you call that? A blouse? A, uh, well, no, this is a Versace dress. A Versace dress? Oh, it's mm-hmm. the whole dress. Yeah, it's oh, a dress, it's, actually. Yeah, gotta, it's just so not much short, to it. It looks like, it's, <laughs> it I looks like it was, a shirt. I thought you were wearing a long shirt. That's, well, I, you know, I've... I've got the legs, so you probably you, you very rarely you, see them covered. You do, you do indeed have. The <laughs> they legs. stay around forever, so I'm told. <laughs> uh, is but no, but do you ever wear uh, a padded bra or anything like that? No, I mean, no, no I will. Everyone's, I will. I guess depending on what it is, you know, I'm a slave to the, I'm a slave to fashion, mm. and um, I guess if it looks better, but at the most part, I don't think it's necessary. I'm not comfortable in it, and I actually. I actually think that it makes me look fat <laughs> with to but, have boobs. It does. You know, it's a stupid body dysmorphic issue. But you're not fat. I know. In the slightest. I, you know. Mm. How tall are you? I'm six feet without the heels. And how tall are your legs? Uh, my legs, I have a 37 inch inseam. It's just that's. I mean, it's just it, <laughs> that in your eyes. <laughs> oh, thank well, you. and your and your mouth. Tell me more about those. My are, eyes. <laughs> these, these are your these <laughs> are your features. Let's just say the entire package doesn't sag. Uh, no, I was I'm I was blessed. Uh, I have a mother who was um, a well known model unto herself of the culture of the 1950s. Uh, I have a very good looking father. My mom's Swedish and my dad is Italian, and I happen to get you know the best of the both gene pools. Very lucky, I admit that. And I, when I was younger, I used that to my advantage with mm. modeling and whatnot. Now, now, you did you grow up here in Utah? I did grow up in Salt Lake. I was born and raised here. Mm. Um, I um, come from a fairly prominent Mormon family, mm-hmm. um, and then I uh, left to go to school. Uh, ninety, I think, about ninety to go to college. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I went. I went to Gainesville, Florida, to go to school. But after three months, they had a serial killer, so everybody left. <laughs> they had a serial killer. Yeah, there was a, a, a series of serial killings going on. The guy was doing it like Bundy style. Yeah, yeah. Because Bundy did a lot of. Mm-hmm. He killed all those sorority girls. In yeah, and so it was Bundy style, a bunch of girls, and mm. then there was a guy. He, he killed a guy, and mm. like, you know, unfortunately, that's what took it to like really mm. catch him. I don't remember who it was, but uh, everybody about the school. I came home and uh, went to the University of Utah up mm. here. I did the theater program in the theater arts. Yeah. Uh, finished and was immediately hired by San Francisco Opera to go and head up their touring department for wigs and makeup. And that was my specialty. That, and you specialized at the University of Utah in technical mm-hmm. theater in technical and makeup theater. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's go, let's go back and uh, talk about... Uh, Princess Kennedy, uh, a little boy growing up in Salt Lake City. Man, uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't easy, you know. As a child, uh, I mean, I don't really know that I anything was very different than any other kid's childhood here in Salt Lake City. Uh, I guess I do that. I was different at a really young age. Uh, my mother owned clothing stores in both ZCMI and Fashion Place Mall, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was the youngest of seven. Ch- I am the youngest of seven children, and uh, mom, I, my mom, my mother found out she was pregnant with me. It was quite a ways after everybody was in school, and you she were the just last helped, of mm-hmm. child and kind of an accident, maybe. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's reminded me of that many times. An, unplan- <laughs> an unplanned child. Yes. Yeah. You should have heard our conversation once about uh, uh, the discussion of the right to choose 
she told me, basically told me, I was lucky she didn't feel the same way of the right to choose she, because I might not be here. <laughs> but she uh, opened a clothing store. You know, she was a modern woman of uh, the would 70s. You care, uh, I know people are going to are asking themselves, what clothing stores? What clothing stores? Uh, it was called Carolyn's. It okay. was, in, you know, it was right. like at the very end of the of, of the news, it'd be Shelley Thomas's wardrobe provided by Carolyn. Oh, you yeah. know, it was kind of that. It was a higher women's higher end clothing yeah. store. Um, she uh, wanted to have the family. She wanted to have the marriage. She wanted to have the business. She wanted to have it all. She also had a closet full of wigs that she wore because in the seventies, that's what women did. You yeah. know, everybody had a wig, and uh, I would sneak into my mother's closet at the age of eleven. And twelve, and put on her Halston gowns and her wigs, and take the bus down to the mall. But I would hang out at Crossroads Mall because her shop was over. <laughs> to see my you, mall, you, know. you didn't want her to see. I, yeah, I didn't want you know word to get around that I was making an appearance downtown. So uh, you know, and I mean that's you know I would I would go and stash my clothes behind a dumpster down at the at the at the apartment building down. I was raised up on about on Foothill and 21st and there's mm-hmm. an apartment building and I go and get changed and then take the bus down in my mother's Halston gowns and wigs. So, I mean, she, it was no surprise to anybody when, when I came out of the proverbial closet, I guess. Well, uh, uh, now, uh, did, did you have, you had friends? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I had friends. See, I was also raised, so I had friends in this aspect of, you know, childhood friends and neighborhood friends and all that other stuff, I didn't really... Did you, at school, uh, you, school did you, was you, you, you Now, were your childhood friends, your neighborhood friends, you were you said you were from a prominent kind of Mormon family. Did You, you, went, to, you went to Mutual and oh, Sunday yeah. school and all of that. Yeah, it reeked of root beer yeah. in my childhood. <laughs> and did, <laughs> and did, did, you, did you hide all of this from your friends? No, no. not really. No, I mean, I, I had all girlfriends and we played dress up and Barbie and my sister just gave me for Christmas one of those little Barbie heads that you do the hair on yeah, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that was because we were reminiscing how that was our favorite toy growing up. And, um, you know, and I had those friends. So around about junior high school is when it started kind of getting really alienating and, you know, and I was the weirdo and mm-hmm. the fag and every other thing, you know, and. And those couple of years were hell, but then, you know, Maxim and Palladium and Impulse and all those clubs clubs, started opening up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I started coming of age into high school and and all that other stuff, and it saved my life, you know? I mean, that's where I kind of transitioned myself as to being like, eh, I don't look good in boys' clothes. I look much better, dressed like Marilyn Monroe. Let me ask ask you this, and I don't know quite how to put this and maybe... I, I, some people who grow up uh, gay or uh, otherwise gendered mm-hmm. um, have a really hard time, and they get they get picked on and they get they get hurt sometimes, sure. and it's very unpleasant. And Absolutely. and some seem to be able to weather it a little better. Right. I don't know why. Uh, good good humor. Um, Confidence, something so confidence so so are you one of those people who weathered it fairly well I did I mean I'm not going to say that it was a joy at all yeah. I remember in my sophomore year the announcements for homecoming queen came across and <laughs> I had been nominated for homecoming queen and it was meant to humiliate me but I just ran with it you know I just <laughs> ran with it and I was like that's right <laughs> I'm thrilled <laughs> yeah you know I mean I was probably somewhat of a mean girl 
myself. Really? In high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing that I'm proud of now, but I think that a lot of that saved me to be so prickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of bitchy. And- yeah, you know, I was just, you know, I kind of always threw people off because I looked like the high school the pretty Mormon high school girl Mm -hmm. and it fucked them up whether it was you know I thought that you know it was amazing or I'm so uncomfortable by this you know which of course teenagers lash out when they're uncomfortable sure and so that wasn't that wasn't very fun but I just didn't spend a lot of time in school (laughs) it's just what I made sure (laughs) to do I mean we all of us were hanging out in front of Crossroads Mall causing problems and not going to school and and uh, and then I had my friends that went to other high schools that were abused in their own scenes, and so we came together. And it's you know it saved it probably saved a lot of our lives. Uh, you were also in high school now. If I'm going to remember my history right, around that time that uh, that they were trying to form gay clubs. Well, okay, and all I, of that, that was before. Was that no, that was before? That, no, I'm sorry, that was after. I, we were before that, yeah. and I actually was in the very first presidency of the very first gay and lesbian youth group. We were I was 17 years old. And uh, probably just turned 17 years old, hanging out with a bunch of gay kids that were kind of like, I I mean, how sad was it that we were 17 years old and we were sick of the club scene? (laughs) And (laughs) Jaded already. Yeah. (laughs) And we wanted to, you know, and there were some kids who couldn't, whose parents would let them out that later. In my case, weren't smart enough to figure that I was sneaking out every single night to go to these, you know, hanging out at these clubs. And we needed a spot and there were some adults that figured that we needed a spot to hang out. We actually needed to know about our history and comfort with each other and and, um, and comfortable being who we are outside of a club scene and something that wasn't sexually gener- generated mm-hmm. for us. And so we started the first gay and lesbian youth group in Salt Lake City. And uh, this is like 1987 or 88. And uh, I... We didn't even really talk about it. There was a couple of adult advisors. We were told not to tell our parents because, you know, back then they were still doing things Mm -hmm. like mental institutionalizing. My parents' biggest question was, are you gay? Because, you know, we can help you with that. We can help you get over that. Really? Yeah. And so, you know, we never told them until we were 18. We met in an apartment building with a blinds drawn Mm -hmm. for the first probably couple months, few months, until somebody at Westminster got wind of what we were doing. And they said, please let us offer you guys a room in our college to come. And be your group. And and it went from there. So, you know, I mean, I was I was here in a really, really, really great time of Salt Lake City of change and, and openness and so many kids, you know, I mean, there's so many children in Salt Lake City of all walks of life that, you know, I mean, it just, we were able to, to come through and be a voice collectively. And, 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 awesome. and yet, and yet uh, uh, Princess, we, we still hear of kids having such a hard time being abused uh, I, I, yeah and it, or not the not being year able old from yeah. from the junior high a couple of weeks ago i mean yeah. not being able to come out to their parents and and ha- and if they do they get thrown out of the house and this this still happens we seem more enlightened and yet sometimes we're not yeah you know i mean it's it's constantly it constantly it ceases it never ceases to amaze me because after i had moved away from Salt Lake City and i had been gone for 12 15 years and i came back and i was somewhere i think poss- in the granite school district somewhere you know kind of on the west side ish and my friend's boss's son had you know this cabriolet convertible and Ooh. it had a big equality and a pink triangle sticker on it and stuff like that and i was like you mean he can take that to whatever high school granite or hillcrest or whatever high school it was 
and or Granger, I can't remember which one it was, and and his car is an abuse. They're like, no, it's fine, you know. And it's like, well, that's awesome that the kids are so open. But then you hear, yeah. I mean, it's always going to be around as long as there's a negative parent or a friend around that's like, you know, you know, don't you, you know, look at that person, they're fag. I mean, I have to walk down the street constantly. Or in a grocery store and have children staring at me and know exactly what their father is telling them. I mean, I can tell exactly what their father is telling them from across the store, you know, just by the look on the father's face or the way the kid instantly looks terrified or, you know, I mean, it's always going to be around. I guess there there is a certain element of, though, of what, of the image that you present. Uh, that you mean to be shocking in a way. Oh, sure. That, I mean, in a way you kind of like, I, and I wouldn't say you wouldn't, uh, you obviously wouldn't like somebody dis- disliking you or hating you, no. but, 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 the, but, it but, when, but when a kid goes, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. That's I can't of, be too surprised. You, yeah, you, I mean, I can't it, be, I do have a mirror. I do own a mirror yeah. at home. So, so, and speaking <laughs> of my image, may I just interject for one second? Yeah, yeah, please. There, the camera guy, he handed us a note. I'm not sure what that's all about. Can we move those bags for the photo? <laughs> I'm here for slug. Yeah, you know, you could have just said, you could just, just you could just come up so and talk to us. That's okay. But you can do whatever you want. We're as live as we're okay. going to get. Yeah. Um, you can take pictures of this. We're going to stage the photo for the actual photo of the magazine. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's going to be up there. I mean, we want them to have options, so you'll do some of this. It's going to be over there at a table. So you can just kind of sit tight and hang there. What we're thinking, what I just want you to keep in mind for the photo itself is I want you to think very New York style section. I want you to think me really in focus with the background really blurred. And and if I'm in the photo, I would like you to think of me really blurred as well. (laughs) When we do do the photo over there, it's going to be kind of shot. I want the, the certain amount of anonymity for the for the, you know, on-air sort of thing for him. So it's going to be shot from okay. back. We're working all of this out. Sorry, I just have to do this okay. really quick. No, it's fine. Uh, and uh, it'll be kind of from the back of his head, earphones and stuff like that, okay. to me looking like, I mean, but I don't want any shots of me eating. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I only you. want shots of the back of my head. Awesome. That's all I want. Okay. Make sure. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, Princess, um, Princess Kennedy, where were we? Uh, we were talking about the shock, uh, value, oh, the shock value and the shock factor. I know that I'm different. And that's what it took me a minute when I moved back to Salt Lake City um, to kind of get back into the groove of living my life as to who I was. I thought I had to come back here and conform mm-hmm. again. And then I, I quickly was over that. You know, I quickly got over that. And I thought, you know, I'm never, I never feel like I'm in danger. Yes. Yes. I feel like there's a certain amount of discrimination or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if it happens, I let the world know about it. I'm in a position in Salt Lake city where I can let people know about that stuff. And I can let know people know about my experience and let people know about, you know, and some people might say, you know, like, God, you seem to go through, you know, you're so, you're always talking about something that happened. And I'm like, well, I'm just the only person that's vocal enough for you to hear it Mm -hmm. of that kind of discrimination of what happens, whether it be like, you know, I had an incident, a really scary incident up at Snowbird for Oktoberfest. You did. Mm -hmm. What do you, you want to recount? Well, I just, you know, this guy, I was standing there talking to some friends and, um, all of a sudden this guy was standing in front of me with a camera just like smiling (laughs) and taking pictures of me. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, my friends in Kansas are never going to believe this. And I was like, you know, and I kind of put my hand in front of his camera and I was like, I'm not your circus sideshow. And he wouldn't stop. And I, t- I looked, I was like, get the fuck away from me. And he came, like the look in his eyes changed. There's something, there's something with people, especially that do not like transgendered people. They mm-hmm. get this really crazy look in their eye of just pure and evil hate. And they 
and it happens in an instant. And then, you, you know, you're in trouble. You know, I mean, I carry pepper spray with me just for such occasion. Uh-huh. I couldn't get it out of my purse at that moment, <laughs> but I had a bunch of friends with me, you know, and, uh, you know, I got out of the situation. They calmed the guy down, but then security came up to me afterwards and said, hey, you know, why don't we all just calm down? You can come back and shake hands with this guy and let bygones be bygones. And I was like, I just want to leave. I don't want to shake anybody's hand like that at all. And did you just leave? And I just left. Yeah. And I just left. You know, and I mean, and unfortunately, that's how the situation has to go is I have to get myself out of the situation. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, um, you know, demanding that somebody's thrown out or whatever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they've already made an ass out of themselves. On my way out, a couple of people came up to me to tell me, you know, I just want you to know I had your back if anything was if anything was to go down. We were on it. Me and my friends were, you know, going to come. So I find in a hole in Salt Lake City that because, you know, of, of these minor incidences that happen, you know, I... Uh, I find on a hole I'm pretty accepted. You know, one of the things of Princess Kennedy is that she's called a crossover queen. And that even happened in San Francisco where I lived for quite a few years of, <clears throat> you know, living in kind of the drag community and being an entertainer and being a public personality is that I'm a crossover queen, which means that I not only appeal to the gay community, but I have some sort of ability to appeal to the straight community as well. Uh, do, do you ever, uh, whenever anybody sees you in public or, or around the house, are you... I look like this all the time. You, you, I don't. I don't maybe have on so much makeup. Like today, we're having a picture taken sure. and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more made up. I'm actually really super casual. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I um, I own more than sweats. <laughs> but <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I'm I'm actually pretty. You know, jeans and and uh, jeans and a sweater sort mm-hmm. of gal. But mm-hmm. uh, I also realize that I have an image. So if I am going out after the uh, certain hour, I am, or if I know that I'm going somewhere where. I might be seen by people. I make sure that I look, you know, not like I'm a homeless person. <laughs> Can I ask you a little bit about your personal life uh, in terms of uh, uh, do you have a significant other? I don't have a significant other. Um, that's not me. I've had significant others in the past, and I seem to always choose the wrong bad boy. And people, it's the same old, it's that same old cliche. Mm. But um, uh, I have suitors. I have suitors. I would imagine. You know, um, uh, my dating my dating life is no secret. I write about it all the time in, in SUG. And um, I, you know, there's a subculture of society called a tranny chaser, which is a guy who I guess would technically be gay, but he's not gay. Yeah. He's not going to tell you he's gay in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. There's just, you know, certain stipulations as to what he likes. It's, it's okay. I'm not gay. It's okay if he looks like a, yeah, a good-looking like woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he yeah. looks like if he looks like a girl. Yeah. I mean, it's there was a character. What was that? There was a show. Yeah, Dirty Sexy Money with Alec. Dirty Baldwin. Sexy Money with Alec with uh, not Alec, Alec Baldwin, uh, his Billy. brother Billy. Well, one of them. I don't know. Whatever. And and his and his yeah. Candace Kane was the actress that Candace Kane. And I've known Candace Kane for years and years. She comes from New York and uh, she's a beautiful queen. Yeah. Uh, she is another one of those trans-identified. Uh, persons that um, as far as I'm aware she she has the top surgery but no bottom surgery mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, much, it's much more common thing you know and, and it is you know the whole you know I I can't I, you know I there's a couple of of boys that I see that mm-hmm. have high profile lives as well mm-hmm. you know between mm-hmm. in the sports community but, and but in, there is there is something that uh, something about it 
that the, that that guys like that and that that Baldwin character, you know, I'm not I'm not gay. Yeah, he had a gay. he was a congressman, as I recall, or something yeah. like that, and he had a wife uh-huh. and kids. Right. And, and but he, his mistress was this uh, transgendered uh, this, exactly. this tranny. Yeah. yeah. And and he I'm not gay. No, I am not gay. No, and it's, in fact, you don't even talk about it. No, you don't even talk about it unless I really want to get them. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you're just a fag. And they, oh, uh, they, that doesn't go over well. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't go over well. That's why I don't have a relationship. <laughs> um, and uh, so you think you'll be a single girl? I, you know, as for now, rest? you know, I, um, my last two relationships, uh, the last one was a porn star, and the one before that was a hooker. So, so I don't. Yeah. yeah. No. I had to. I had to make a conscious decision, and I'm not. I'm gonna admit it. I'm super selfish in a relationship. I'm very busy. You know. Um. I have. You know. A nightlife persona sort of thing that I do, and it's always. It, there's always a certain amount of jealousy of why I'm always going out or why aren't you talking to me when I'm in the club, you know? And cause I have to talk to you every day, all day. You know, that kind of thing. And, and it gets me into this point where it's like, it feels like it's antagonizing to me. And I'm like, why are you asking how my day is? You know, <laughs> you know? so I'm like, that's things that you don't, people don't deserve. And so until I can figure out how to not be such a selfish person in relationships, and if that person comes along, then I wish them luck. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I wish them. I wish them luck, and I'll be very, very happy. Uh, we're talking with uh, Princess Kennedy. Uh, she writes a uh, column for Slug Magazine. Uh, we're at Zest, which is a new uh, restaurant in Salt, a restaurant and bar, a nightclub and ba- restaurant in Salt Lake, uh, two seventy-five South Second West. Um, we just had um, uh, Casey bring us over some food. And uh, let's uh, you want to take it, let's take a break here. We'll come back and talk with Princess Kennedy more about. Uh, I I'd like to get maybe before we go to break here, just quickly. We had talked about your you growing up here in Salt Lake and growing up as a transgendered person, uh, and how you coped with that. Any kind of advice you give to kids who are um, having issues their sexual identity, they're worried about it, they don't know sure. what to do, um, how, to, how to handle things. You, do you give advice like that? Yeah, you know, I, if you're having issues with your sexual identity or even your sex itself, you can't get too up in your head about it. I mean, you're going to be. It's going to be your ever-living thought for until you make some sort of decision as to what, how you feel you want to go. And unfortunately, that thought is never going to go away. Um, so you just have to learn how to cope and you have to learn how to deal and you have to just take it slowly. And if there's bullying around you, it's cliche, but it gets better. And, and um, make sure that you don't <clears throat> listen too much to society taboos and, uh, and to people that you know maybe you've got friends that you'll they'll see a picture or they'll see somebody like me in the grocery store and they talk about it's fucking sick that's so disgusting don't let that get up in your head either you know what i mean start to work on you and start to build that confidence and just you know i mean nobody's gonna tell you you're great and you're okay so you have to do it yourself and and that's my advice is and and if you're if you're bullied if you're bullied find some help yeah Mm. absolutely find some help find some help go Go talk to somebody that you know will care. Somebody in your, you know, if you don't feel like somebody in your school system will care, then 
You just need to find an adult and talk to an adult. And I'm just going to put it out there. You can find me really easily on Princess, uh, you know, I'm Princess Kennedy on Facebook. And I at least weekly have some not even child adult Mm -hmm. come to me and say, hey, you know, I need some advice. I need some confidence boosting. You know, what can you what can you give me? And and I encourage you to to hit me up because I'll tell you that you're an okay person. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk uh, about Princess Kennedy's. Uh, years in San Francisco and touring around the country. Uh, She's done some time with uh, a band, I know, or a Mm -hmm. couple of bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about fashion. We'll talk about the club scene in Salt Lake City. It's all to come here on the Let's Go Eat show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Princess, we always ask uh, one question. What's your favorite song? What's my favorite song? What's your favorite song? That's a tough question. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I ask it. We've been talking about the past, so let's go back to the past. How about okay. um, something I use as a mantra? Let's do um, Money by the Flying Lizards. Oh, I like that. Okay, great. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. That, yeah. that changes yeah. the volume. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll <laughs> so help. Much. Can you hear that now? Yes, I can. That's Okay, good. All right, we're ready to go whenever you are. All right, back here with Princess Kennedy at Zest, uh, which is a new uh, bar and uh, uh, restaurant in Salt Lake, 275 South on 2nd West. Kind of across, I think Red Rock is across the street over there. Is that Pierpont? What avenue is that? Uh, that yeah, is, I think. That's yeah. Pierpont. Uh, we're right around the corner from P.F. Chang's. Just to, Like if you're coming to the theater, to the Rose Wagner or something, you, a very nice, uh, this is a great spot to come and have something to eat and then go to the theater. Seems like a, I think they open right after they're open office at four. hours. I think they're open at yeah. 4. So I think it'd be a great place to come after work. Yeah, 4 to 11. Uh, it is, uh, anyway, it's called Zest. It is a vegetarian, not vegan, but vegetarian restaurant. Princess Kennedy is our guest. Pr- uh, Princess Kennedy writes for Slug Magazine. Uh, she is a fashion maven. She is a uh, world traveler. Uh, she's uh, she was in a band called Pepper Spray. I was. Uh, in where? In San Francisco? In San Francisco, yeah. Tell us about that band a little bit. Okay. Uh, moved to San Francisco and... Um, You've gotten in, hired to work at the uh, San Francisco right. Opera. I worked at the San Francisco Opera. And after, being, after doing that for a couple of years, I um, fell in with a bunch of trannies and drag queens. Uh, and we opened a nightclub called Tranny Shack, which is kind of an institution amongst the gay community. Still there? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it's it's more of a um, like a four time a year thing, special occasion kind of like holidays. Uh, it was a really successful Tuesday night club at midnight every every week, packed to the rafters with insane queens that once a week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who you know would lip sync dancing and light themselves on fire. They weren't we weren't the we were we weren't the queens. You weren't the old fashioned no. Finocchios. Uh, no. God love do, them. God love them. Doing and doing uh, impressions of Liza Minnelli and exactly. Barbara Streisand. Exactly. That was not yeah. 
Uh, no. Punk, punk queens. <laughs> yeah, we were punk queens. And um, so from that came... I was in a rock opera troupe called the Tuck and Roll Players, and we did original scored rock operas. And the people that did that, who were the band behind it, they intermittently throughout history of San Francisco would do other bands. And uh, Peter Fogel, who was kind of the mastermind behind it all, uh, he, he just took a select few of us from Tranny Shock that had done performances in their, in their um, rock operas and was like, hey, I have an idea for a band. It would be five lead singing trannies. We would be doing party covers and everybody would have a sound. And so there was uh, Tinkle, Precious Moments, <laughs> um, Peggy Legs, uh, Jordan, and then me. Jordan Lamour and Princess Kennedy. And Jordan Lamour and I were somewhat of the Hilton sisters of so that scene in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We are the Von Blondenberg sisters. The Von Blondenberg. The Von Blondenberg like sisters. Uh-huh. And uh, we looked enough alike that we could say that we are twins and people would think that we were. And um, and if I get drunk enough, I'll tell you I have a twin. <laughs> to this day. I know, that, <laughs> I know that you have a twin. You actually have a twin brother. Is that correct? Or I, I'm possibly, I do. I did. <laughs> um, that is probably a picture uh, that you saw of the old me. I see. I see. <laughs> You're ruining my <laughs> secrets. Um, so, uh, you know, I did the punk, uh, the pop mm-hmm. sound. Jordan did the new wave sound. Um, the Precious Moments did the alternative sound. Peggy mm-hmm. Legs was new wave. Tinkle was old school rock sound. And we would do songs together and do songs you know, individually. And we started the band in February and did our first show in May. And in the end of June, we did a huge slot at San Francisco gay pride for, you know, three quarters of a million people. And I got a phone call at the salon. I worked at cause I'm also a hairdresser uh, at the salon I worked at. And, uh, they were like, hi, this is Bill Graham. So the show from Bill Graham. Bill Graham. Yeah. yeah and ran was, the film more. Yeah. Me. And I was like, I was like, oh, hi. And they're like, we caught your act uh, in at Gay Pride. And we were just wondering if you guys would like to open up for Cher. <laughs> uh, who the fuck is this? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then, you know, we kind of got it, you know, to the point where I calmed down. I was like, okay, now are you talking about the real Cher? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the real Cher. So, so ended our career as a fun party band. So, so you opened for Cher? So we ended up opening for Cher. Yeah. And we, from there on out, became openers for a bunch of big acts. Mm-hmm. You know, we would we opened up for the Scissor Sisters while they were still brand new. We opened up for uh, the Swinging Utters. Um, <laughs> uh, we opened up for uh, Me First, the Gimme Gimmies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we did. We ended up opening up for everybody. Um, we did shows with the Go-Go's and the B-52s and... And um, it was a lot of fun, but it, from then on out, it was somebody telling me who I was, gonna, what I was going to say, what I was going to wear, what I was going to sing, yeah. and it ended. So, but it was a lot of fun. It did you make some fun. money doing we that? We did make some money. Yeah. We did make some money. And uh, you can find us on iTunes under Pepper Spray. My mm-hmm. song is called Cutting Edge Queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and f- within the flames of that, I needed something, the outlet of, <clears throat> you know, I... This was after I had kind of had fun with the tranny shack and I was done lip syncing and it's very rare that you'll ever see me do a lip sync anymore. And I opened up, I started a holiday band called the Tards 
and I just did them. We How just, politically correct. Yeah, it was very politically <laughs> correct. But it wasn't just the tarts. It was, we're the Yule tarts because it's a holiday band. The independent tarts, the Valentards. You know, we only perform around a holiday. Mm-hmm. We only have two performances or two rehearsals. Mm-hmm. We only have two rehearsals beforehand. Uh, I just did a Yule Tards show. It was amazing. I mean, I had members of the Go-Go's and uh, Pansy Division. John Ginoli was there from Pansy Division and got him to sing a couple things with me. And um, it was just, it, Spike Slauson was there. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a fun reuniting. We do punk rock Christmas carols. We do the, like, the 12 punk rock days of Christmas. You know, uh, Valentine's we do like punk rock covers of... Um, I uh, love songs, mm-hmm. Afternoon Delight, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Captain mm-hmm. and Tennille. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we do, we have the 12 venereal diseases of Valentine's Day that we <laughs> oh, do. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. What a nice sentiment. <laughs> 12 of them. Um, and, you know, so, and that's, that Jesus, was Jesus, I didn't know there were 12 venereal diseases. <laughs> there are, you haven't had them all? No, I've only had one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> or two. <laughs> what Maybe it's two? two. You know, don't you don't need to be greedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and that was kind of my life. I did that. I, I did a band with Jordan, the aforementioned Jordan, that was a lot more successful in Europe. It was uh, that we did the Von Blondenberg sisters. Um, and uh, it was called Blondtourage was the band that we... Blondtourage. Blondtourage that we did. And it was Electro. And, and I worked with a job in San Francisco. I was a hostess of a restaurant called The Supper Club, which is an amazing restaurant nightclub that was originated in Amsterdam. And part of this job was being able to go and, and travel around to their worldwide locations. Very fancy, high-end freak show is what it was. Yeah. And so, you know, we'd go and we'd tour around there and we certain it got a little certain amount of acclaim in Europe with being, you know, with Blantourage and, and, uh, and it was fun. And I lived my life as a rock star. You know, you, you, the life you describe, uh, here in Salt Lake, in the first part of the show, to a certain extent, uh, the life you describe in San Francisco, um, it seems really exotic and nothing but fun. Uh, and just party after party it was party and drugs and, and traveling and, and, and all of it and and a lot of risky behavior i'm oh, thinking yeah. Yeah. uh which can be very fun mm-hmm. um uh but you can't do it forever you can't do it forever no no you can't do it forever and but i did it i, I did it i went and did it and and it's one of those things where i own up to like my my past is nothing that I'm ashamed of. You know, I was wild and crazy and, you know, taking my top off of fountains and doing blow on midgets heads and mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> All of it. And it was fun. And, and it's one of the reasons why my column is so successful, I think, is that I have no qualms about telling you who I am. I'm not going to let I'm not going to let somebody expose me on it. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I had a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I'd totally be a liar if I didn't say that that's one of the reasons why I'm back in Salt Lake City is because, you know, I, I lived that life for 12 years, you know. I lived There's that a life. time to tone it down yeah, a little. Yeah, and I needed to kind of move on. I didn't want to just be... Uh, who wants to be the... Uh, yeah, you do definitely want to be the, the center of attention in the party girl and, and the beautiful one for the rest of your life. But the reality is, is that's just not going to happen. And so, uh, well, you're still able to pull off the beautiful girl at the party. Thank you. You're still pulling that off. And I can still do that. I Mm -hmm. can still do that, but I have different priorities. I kind of had to make a decision in San Francisco. I was bored. I was so bored, and I was so sick of the same old boring, amazing lifestyle, which sounds stupid, (laughs) but you know, it was just like, okay, I'm paying a thousand dollars to live in a closet. You know, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses. If I, if I 
continue this. I mean, I, I have friends in San Francisco whose lives didn't fare so well after yeah. so long of, of doing it so much. One in particular we could talk about, his name is Bambi Lake, and Bambi Lake was part of Warhol's factory, and she was the punk rock goddess of San Francisco, Tranny. Um, you know, just in with the wild crowd and, and, you know, rumored relationships. Like, she's paralyzed on one half of her face for being kicked out of a limousine with Iggy Pop and David Bowie in Germany <laughs> into the snow, like passing out in the snow. You know, and I mean, just, you know, and life didn't fare too well. And I would look at Bambi and just think, okay, no, girlfriend, if you don't pull the brakes on this, this could totally end up to be your future. So uh, something that kind of sped that up and helped it along is I come, I have very elderly parents at this point. Um, and any I idea, like do, they, do they have any idea of what kind of life you were living in San Francisco? My parents lived in Manhattan. So my parents moved when, about the time I moved to Salt Lake City or to San Francisco, not too long after my parents Moved to Manhattan. It was my mother had to spend a lot of time there for her business mm -hmm. uh, while I was growing up. So she loved it. Um, they were opening up a new chapter of, you know, the, the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. And so my dad went back to kind of facilitate some of that. And and I was in Manhattan all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in Manhattan all the time for performing. And, you know, they just... So, I they, mean, so they knew, they knew exactly what you were doing. Was. They yeah. knew exactly who I was mm -hmm. and, and what was going on. And Did they you know, did they ever caution you and say, be, be careful? No, because they didn't know anything. I mean, they don't know what that lifestyle is like at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though my mother was a model and she was in the fashion industry, it was a completely different time. And she was um, a good Mormon woman. Yeah, she was a good, she was a good Mormon woman. And she, and she, um, she... I don't know. My parents were incredibly supportive. When I moved to San Francisco, you know, we we fought a lot about who I was and my lifestyle and where I was going and all that other yeah. stuff and who they were. And and it just when I moved to San Francisco, I just didn't tell them for like the first six months where I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't give them, you know, I was gone. I was completely off the radar for them. You know, they knew I worked at the opera, but the opera was so huge they couldn't, you know. Sure. And they didn't know me by my real name at the opera. You know, mm -hmm. people didn't right off the bat think of my first real name. And so my parents had no way to find me. And I asked them, I was like, so, you know, how was that for you? I can either be not around ever or we can just get over this and we can move forward. And since that day, they haven't looked back. And we don't, it's not that we talk about, you know, I don't wear, I don't wear a dress over their house. We certainly don't go to church together or anything. But, you know, I mean, if I just go over to my parents' house and I just finished up here, you know, I'm not going to wear this outfit, but I'll have makeup on and a yeah. lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So so they knew it. It was like, you know, I've always just been their crazy actor son. I'm their mm -hmm. crazy actor Thank son. You. It's how they, <clears throat> you know, I just happen to only act like a woman. Yeah. Well, so, so the... <laughs> there's a very dedicated actor. <laughs> that's all he is. That's a, I, and I think that's... Mm. I think you're being... What are those, by the way? Are they just truffles? Chocolate truffles? Chocolate beet, beet cake. cake. Mm -hmm. I've had beet cake before. Mm. It's delicious. Okay. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. Pomegranates, my favorite term, um, my favorite thing this time of year. I've got, I got some pomegranates for my eight-year-old girl, and it was the most wonderful thing in the world. I brought first pomegranates home of the season mm -hmm. in, in November, I think. Mm -hmm. I got home, and I said, you ready for pomegranate? And she said, yeah. I crack it all open, and she took some pomegranate seeds and put them in her mouth and went, oh, I haven't tasted that in so long. <laughs> I, I love, you know, same thing. I had that I had that connection with my father. What's this? What is it? Little red vino. Little, little red wine? Little red wine for the beet cakes. Oh, yeah, mm. it's delicious. They're delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I had that connection with my father, the pomegranates, too. Yeah. I loved, yeah. yeah. When my dad would go get one, and we'd 
saw it out, and then I ate it all. So, <laughs> so anyway, Bambi Lake uh, kind of gave you. <coughs> so it, it was a warning signal to you that you can't live the that I can't live that fast, fast, fast life. Yeah. yeah, you know, of sex and drugs and rock and roll and you know, well, I have <coughs> stories, the stories I have of barely escaping. I was at a <laughs> mafia gambling parlor in Chinatown in New York with my sister Jordan and um, barely escaping with our lives. What are, you, what, what are you dragging your sister to these places for? She was there right alongside me. <laughs> the worst part about having this quasi-twin was when she would get to be completely messy somewhere and then in the newspaper in the Chronicle or whatever they'd write about Princess Kennedy being up to her old tricks again and I'd be like no, no that wasn't just that was not me. That was my twin. And then she'd get mad at me for taking her publicity. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so what are you going to do? Uh, so I moved back you know dad has Alzheimer's um, mother has her own special. Setup. They they have moved back to Salt Lake. They moved back to Salt Lake. Uh, we moved back to Salt Lake the same week of each other. <clears throat> I I realized I was like, okay, you know, I need to go and be front and center with the parents. You well, have you have several siblings. Yeah, are they I here do. still and uh, help? Or no, not? I've got a sister in American Fork, a brother that lives up in um, around the University of Utah. He um, he has uh, some disabilities due to a really hideous motorcycle accident in oh, his twenties. Um, and uh, a brother uh, out in Harriman, the other wrestler, because mm-hmm. the brother from Harriman is kind of fresh back from New Jersey. Are they all? Are they all uh, good to you? And uh, yeah, 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 they are. Especially the brother that just moved back here. We had a really strained relationship. You know, he had that whole common like, "Well, you must be a child molester" mm. sort of attitude, which <laughs> caused a lot of problems. And uh, and he is doing more than his part to make up for it now and let me know that's not how he feels and. Mm-hmm. You know, it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly, but now it's fine. And so, and and I am there. You know, like my mother is one of my best friends. You know, it's that kind of sad scenario. <laughs> you know, I love it. We talk every day. I'm over there a lot, helping them out with stuff. You know, they're kind of mm-hmm. starting to get to a point where they need help at least weekly with some of their some of their life. So I came back. I reprioritized. I fell into this life of writing. I had written some stuff. Before I'd left San Francisco, people have always told me, you know, you've got such a great voice, you should write. And uh, and I was given some chances, you know, by The Weekly and, and uh, Slug and In Magazine. And, you know, I, I told each of them basically the same thing, that I think Salt Lake City is progressive enough to want to hear, to be able to want to hear life through my eyes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your column. Oh, you know, a question that keeps coming up before we talk about your column where where does your name come from? You get you gave yourself the name, I assume, Princess Kennedy. I did. Princess Kennedy is a name, not a title, <laughs> and it's actually hilarious because um, when I moved back to Salt Lake City, I went to the Trap or some whatever gay bar, mm-hmm. and uh, the the <laughs> the bartender says to me, "Wow, you're really pretty. You're not from here, are you?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> You're really pretty. <laughs> You're, You're not, not from here. <laughs> and uh, and I, he's like, what's your name? And I said, Princess Kennedy. And he just got this like ghost white look on his face. He's like, oh, we already have a Princess Kennedy here. You're going to have to change your name. <laughs> and I thought, what? what? What are the chances of that? And, and I said that right there. I was like, it's a name, not a title. And it's also a name that I'll have for longer than a year. <laughs> um, so, um, so there was another Princess Kennedy in Salt Lake. Really? Princess Kennedy, I was just Kennedy. When I started performing and doing stuff in, in San Francisco, people were like, you have to come up with a name. And I was like, well, 
mm-hmm. can I just use mine, Kennedy? And they're like, yeah. And so it was Kennedy. And then the dot-com hit San Francisco mm-hmm. really big. And everybody, you have to have a dot-com. You have to get a dot-com. And I was like, of course, Kennedy.com was already taken mm-hmm. at that time. Not by the president or the family, mm-hmm. by a bank in in huh. England mm-hmm. uh, is who has it. Um and uh, so the girl creating my website was like, you have to do something like the fantastic Kennedy or amazing Kennedy or Princess Kennedy. And I was like, oh, I like that. I like Princess Kennedy. You know, and I, I like it for much more of like a, a little African-American girl princess, you know, because that if you if you Google search Princess Kennedy, it's me and a bunch of young black girls birthday parties is what comes really? up. Yeah. <laughs> Google images you. Yeah. Me and a bunch of other little black girls. I like, I like it that way more mm-hmm. than I do. You know, it's kind of that slightly ghetto princess. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Mm-hmm. No. Shiny exterior. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you are, you are a princess through and through. Thank you. Tell. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about your uh, column for Slug. Um, to get people who have not read it, get, tell them about it, what you do in the column. Sure. Um, it's a live column, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> there's no journalistic quality to my column at all. Mm. <laughs> um, I do find out about stuff. What, what it is, is I guess I'm able to take one of the really fun experiences that I've had. And trust me, even though I've left San Francisco, I still have those fun, amazing, crazy experiences. They're just not nightly. <laughs> and so I can either talk about an experience that I just had. I think there was something. When was it? It was um, a couple of summers ago. My pepper spray had reunited. I went back and I actually talked about the slowing down thing and how, you know, because I went crazy that night. I mean, I there's like... If you read the column, which I think is called, um, I would just go and read on old slug once. You'll come across it. You just go to slug. Yeah, slugmag.com. Slugmag. Slugmag.com. And uh, this one particular night, I mean, I had been working out, not drinking, and getting into shape, and not eating, and Mm -hmm. all this other Mm -hmm. stuff, and just blacked out royally on this night with pepper spray. And I mean, there's like some vague recollections of like, a gangbang in the, an Armenian gangbang in the bathroom. And like, I couldn't get a cab. So I walked in front of a dump truck and made it stop and take me and my friends to the next club where, I mean, it just, it just imploded. So I somehow get to talk about these crazy, crazy stories that have happened to me in the past. Uh, I think my first column, I talked about meeting the princess of Japan completely high on ecstasy and having to throw up in my purse so that it wouldn't, you know, very daintily throw up in my purse. Daintily. Yeah, Yeah, daintily throw up in my purse. She didn't know, though. I'll Mm -hmm. say, as Mm -hmm. far as I know, she didn't realize Mm -hmm. that I did that. Uh, I can write about these experiences that I've had to kind of talk about a moral of the story and and wrap it up into something that's happening around town, you know, and, and basically talk about myself a lot. (laughs) <laughs> in these calls. And uh, you you talk about uh, nightlife in Salt Lake City. I talk City. about nightlife. I talk about I talk about nightlife. I talk about you know it seems like a lot of my columns were dominated with the prop 8 situations and the bullying situations mm-hmm. and the teen suicide sure. situations for a while. And you know and nightlife, you know, things are going on with nightlifes and DJs and you know one thing about, you know, that I change a voice in the city and publications is like I never really wrote about bands for the weekly or for Sug Magazine because mm-hmm. I'm more I'm more in tune with like the DJs and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the club personalities mm-hmm. and sure. you know the the socialites I guess if you will the celebutards of Salt Lake City. It sounds like it sounds like a great sitcom like Sex in the City but good. Well, they call me the trendy the the um 
Check. Uh, uh, the tra- uh, not trying to. Uh, what is it? Carrie Brad. The Tranny Bradshaw. They call me the Tranny Bradshaw. Tranny Bradshaw. Because I I I write and I gotcha. kind of socialite yeah. and I have about three hundred pairs of shoes that are displayed <laughs> on my wall on shelves. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, <laughs> that's a look into that. That could be a good, a good <laughs> sex in the city. Yeah. Uh, what do you? How, how does? How does a uh, um, a woman such as yourself? Um, and maybe this is, uh, if this is too crude a question, you don't have to answer sure. it. How do you? How do you? How do you support yourself? You you write for Slug, and that mm-hmm. pays a little bit of money. Sure. But you've got to do other things. Sure. Um. I um. I have been a hairdresser for. Uh, I started doing hair the year that you <coughs> started your morning show with Carrie. 1986. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been doing hair for a long time. So I have a career. I have a career that I do hair in Salt Lake City at a salon called Ulysses. It's a beautiful salon. Come mm-hmm. in and see me. Uh, but I also travel and do hair. I have clients <coughs> such as the Go Go's and clients that I've had ah. for years. And I travel around and I do hair. And that's one of the reasons why I travel so much now. People, you do show hair and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yes, yeah. I just received my um, very own all-access backstage pass to um, the Hollywood Bowl, which was kind of amazing. So my two lives inter- have always intermingled. So still you know travel? I mean? Still travel a lot. I go out and do all my clients in San Francisco uh, every six to eight weeks. You know, I'm in L.A. at least six times a year. Five, six times a year doing hair. I go back, travel back to New York. I have some clients back there. And then I also do, you know, I also do shows and I. I still do shows. Like, there's a nightclub that roves around the world that's called Booty. It's a mashup club. And I was one, I helped those kids start Booty. Mm-hmm. Way back, we went to Europe and we walked into this club where they're doing these crazy songs. And so, Booty is the most, probably right now, the most successful nightclub in America. It, It's it's everywhere. There's Booty Thailand and Booty. Berlin and Booty London and Booty Paris and, and you know, mm-hmm. and so, and I travel around with them uh, quite a few times a year and they pay me to do that and host their clubs and kind of, you know. You're living the dream. I do live the dream. You really are. <laughs> you can be the homebody here in Salt you know, Lake. Well, last time I was in New York, I was there just right before Sandy and uh, I was doing a huge engagement with Booty and and there was a bunch of kids from Salt Lake City that were these bright-eyed, you know, kids that have moved out to New York. And I had, you know, unlimited, you know, guest lists and, mm-hmm. and you know, Backstage car service access, and, you yeah. know, my own dressing room yeah. and the, fin- the funnest clubs. And they're just like, wow, why don't you live here and do this? It's like, because I'd have to be with you stiffs and I'd have to <laughs> do the grind and I get to go home. I... I gotta go. I live in um, Jack Dempsey, the famous boxer. I live in his old apartment, his penthouse. Oh, over. really? Mm-hmm. He has yeah. a penthouse. He built a boxing studio on Thirty uh, and First South, and owned the building that's attached to. And I got the penthouse he and his mother lived in above we're, it. You know, we're neighbors. Did you know that? Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. We live very close to one another. Oh, nice. Yeah. And well, I'll have to have you over to see the penthouse. It's I'd actually kind of cool. I'd love to. And uh, I get to go. I get to go to a city <clears throat> every month or so or every two months, and live this amazing, crazy, wild, all-access, granted, lifestyle. And then I get to go home and relax on my chaise lounge, one of my many chaise lounges, <laughs> in my so-ridiculously cheap penthouse. You know, And, I, of course, I have to rub it into their faces and tell them how much I pay, and it's usually less than their apartment. <laughs> yep. you know, and, and, and that's just something that you... It's age, you know. It's your age, you know. I've I finally have worked hard enough to deserve this apartment. And Salt Lake City, I have to say, is an amazing hidden gem. And I have so many friends 
come to visit me from New York and, and San Francisco and just they're perpetually in awe of how cool Salt Lake, Salt Lake City right now is really on a fast track. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, I mean, you go to the, uh, uh, you know, I think maybe once a year, really, uh, Radio from Hell, we get very immersed in Gay Pride Week sure. and, and do all of that. And so we're really, we're really immersed in the culture for a little while there. And it is so amazing yeah. and so much fun. And to be in that parade every year, it is phenomenal. It's huge, and people that I th- I think there are more people standing watching that parade than there are for the twenty fourth. Uh, I couldn't have. I literally cannot believe the past two years. It's a, just incredible. I can't. I literally cannot believe the past two years. You know, I, when everything happened with Prop Eight, my biggest thing because my column reaches outside of Salt Lake City. My biggest thing was there was so much hate going on to Salt Lake City. Like, you know, you and you Mormons, you and your Mormons, I'm like, they're not my Mormons, you know. Uh, but you can't leave us here high and dry. You know, don't don't start bar- boycotting us, you know. And, yeah. you know, and it's not Salt Lake City that's doing it. And we need you here on the front lines. And if you're as you're if you're as amazingly politically adva- active as as you say, then you need to come out here and fight on the, on the on the front lines, you know. And Dustin Lance Black saw that sort that same thing, and he came out here, and he's been such a huge person. And it's really amazing at how much it's grown. And I turned the corner a couple of years ago for that first really blow up of Pride, and just looked mm-hmm. down the street on my float and was just like, "Whoa, where am I?" You know, it was yeah. amazing, you know. And and I would love love to come back. Uh, or I would actually not come back, but I'd love to help X96 with some correspondence stuff if you guys are ever interested for Gay Pride. Uh, yeah, that, that certainly could happen. Uh, it's a, it's a, let's, it's a, let's kind of wrap up here talking a little bit about, um, about how things are today and have changed. And I get, I get the, I have a glimmer of hope. You know, I've always been, uh, I guess it was my mother... Dylan's grandma, who always kind of taught me to be, you know, just tolerant of people and and um, respect differences and and it, you know, being being around gay people never bothered me right. ever, you know. And I um, and then I was in the theater for many years. And oh, that was our common connection. I designed the Randall Theater for a couple of years down at the Shakespeare. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, however, did not find the weed connection that you found <laughs> down there. So it was... Uh, yeah, there was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wish <clears throat> I, I would have known that because that was in the height of my days. I did, however, <clears throat> would finagle it every year that I was at Hilton or whatever hotel they had. And with the suite since I was a designer came a um, limousine so I was the tranny chauffeur I I need to go get groceries come get me so I can go get groceries (laughs) Uh, so so, but attitudes seem to have slowly changed so much uh, and people and it's almost as though uh, and I don't know about Utah but I I mean I was surprised at the Prop 8 thing in 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 California was surprising I was pretty surprised by it but there was a very concerted and um, well-financed effort. Well, you know, and just yesterday I was listening on the on the radio or news or something about uh, the Mormons coming and funding up Chicago now for their same-sex, you know, all the anti-same-sex marriage stuff. And it's such a hard one for me. I don't, I try not to get played up in that us versus them thing. You know, my family is very, still very strongly LDS. I understand people have something that they have to wake up and live for. I know personally that my family does not share that 
opinion. Yeah. There's a bunch of Mormons now that are kind of making, you know, the biggest contingent in the San Francisco, the world's biggest gay pride parade, the biggest contingent last year was the Mormons that came to... Gay Mormons or gay no, and supportive Mormons? Gay, like the ones that were here. Supportive? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the supportive Mormons mm-hmm. came and everybody was telling me that when I went to visit after mm-hmm. the fact and just like, it, mm-hmm. they were the biggest contingent. So you're going to have assholes everywhere you go. Um, you know, uh, if you want to concentrate on it and lose, you know, sleep and gray hair over it, then then you definitely can. It's definitely going to be out there. But the, the attitude of Salt Lake City, you know, we were voted the gayest city in America. No. Last year, was it the advocate that did that? Or? <laughs> we were also the worst dress city <laughs> by Condé Nast, which I had nothing to do with. <laughs> I did at all. That was me. I'm sorry. You that was, too. That was me. We've, been, that was We've been dragging the average the, down. Yeah, <laughs> on the, on, you're you're on the radar for yeah. Condé Nast. I love that. Um, <clears throat> you know, and you know, there's three there's three um, reality show pilots that I'm aware of right now that are being. Mm-hmm. Being filmed here within the gay community, um, one is on one is on the outside of the gay community with a few of gay characters, but you know people are starting to take notice, and and uh, we're an actual city, you know, we're an actual big city with things happening, you know. I mean, we're we're never gonna have the social life and nightlife of of L.A., you know, of Hollywood or or the East Village or whatever, but you know, we definitely. Where we can hold our own, and and I think people grow. Are we ever going to be able? You know, am I ever going to be allowed a temple marriage? Probably not. But I don't no. really care. <laughs> I'm sh- and either the hooker or porn star I marry won't either. But someday you, <laughs> someday you will be allowed a marriage. Yeah. Oh, I think so. You know, I mean, I think that I will be allowed a marriage uh, if you choose to. If do I so. choose, you know, uh, a ton of my friends, you know, they're they're on that first wave of marriages from San Francisco, and mm-hmm. they're now on their first wave of divorces, and yeah. You know, it's More power ve- to them. People don't. It's very different in Europe. Uh, the gay uh, community in Europe. They're, they they say, why would we want to get married? Why? Do, that's a bourgeois. That's a middle class. We don't want anything to do with that. Right. Yeah. It's 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 pretty you know, fascinating. I can't. It's kind of. Although somebody. It's pointed, amazing to me. I'm sorry. Somebody pointed out to me the reason. Part of the reason for it is is that gays in Europe are already afforded. Luxury. So many other rights yeah. that, you know, there's no question that... People's rights. Yeah, yeah, there's no question that you can go be with your, your, your dying partner, partner or in whatever. a hospital. Sure. Or you can leave property to a exactly. know, same sex. Yeah, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised because <clears throat> the Salt Lake City is full of relationship queens. I mean, it carries over into the, the gay community. What do you mean those. by that? Well, just the family. Like, you know, I should have a family. Yeah. You know, I need to have a family. I need to have, I'm not whole without another person. I want to have children. I just, you know, I obviously use children to keep myself young and youthful and pretty. <laughs> That's the only reason I want children around. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, the more power, I, it surprised me that it's not a bigger thing here for the same-sex marriage. But I think that there's also a certain amount of realism for the kids that were raised in the Mormon church. They know it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. But I have to say on the other side of the spectrum, you know, patients, try to ignore them. Try to ignore them. Try to ignore the Mormons. Just try to ignore them and everything will be fine. And you won't have that pent up hatred and anger. And, you know, we're, we can all be affected by our childhood. We all have something we can be affected by our childhood. They're trying to grow. I don't know at what speed, but, you know, just be yourself. Be yourself. Do what you're going to do. Don't be apologetic for it. And read Princess Kennedy's column in Slug Magazine. It's you can everywhere to, that's cool. You can go to slugmag.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Princess will answer your letters. 
I will. I uh, will answer your, your letters. Yes. Yeah. Sugmag.com. Just look for Princess Kennedy. It's got all my information at the top of my columns. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm really, really modern for an old lady. <laughs> you don't look like an old lady. Yes, the children remember we just. Oh, that's right. That. The she, children. She's rubbing placenta into her skin. <laughs> Every. This is this actually wasn't wine. <laughs> it's it's the blood it's, of young children. Yes, it's blood of young children. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Princess Kennedy, our guest on the Let's Go Eat show. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, will you come and take a picture with me? Yeah, we will. Awesome. Uh, thanks to uh, the uh, restaurant, Zest, for having us here. We'll uh, be talking to uh, the owner and uh, uh, next week. The yeah. next, we'll, we'll tape it in a minute, but, right. but we'll talk to the owner next week. Uh, his name is Casey. Uh, check out Zest in the meantime, 275 South, 2nd West. It's uh, healthy food. It's a uh, vegetarian restaurant. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, what do you, fine dining. Fine. It and, is fine and, dining. and then they have a, a complete bar here, too, with a lot of great specialty they do. cocktails and all of that. Uh, really great music at nighttime. Uh, I want to thank uh, my son Dylan for producing the Let's Go Eat show. Uh-huh. And remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. Make mine a triple. <laughs>